listening to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, episode 182, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Now, Into the Rotoverse. Welcome to the Animation Addicts podcast with the Rotoscopers, the number one place to get your animation fix with animation addicts just like you. In each episode, we dive into the wonderful world of animation featuring Disney, DreamWorks, Pixar, and everything in between. From hilarious discussions and movie reviews to interviews with industry insiders, this show's mission is to brighten your day through our love and appreciation of animation. So hop on your nerdy couch, grab some snacks, and get ready to hang out with your animation besties because it's time to swing into today's episode. Hello, hello, everybody. We're your hosts. I'm Morgan Stradling. And I'm Chelsea Robson. And we are joined by our guest host today, Eli Sanza. Hello, Eli. Hey, how are you guys? We are great. Well, I can't speak for Chelsea, but I am doing pretty well on this Friday. What about you, Chelsea? Fine and dandy as sour candy. <laughs> so we are going to be reviewing a film that we've been talking about for a long time. It's probably one of our most requested movies since we have returned to the podcast. It's Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. And I am so, so pumped. We have been teasing this for a few weeks, letting people know to get their voicemails in and that we're going to be finally doing this one. And I reached out to Mason. I know I promised you guys that Mason would be back this episode, but I reached out to him and he just had a baby last month. So congratulations to Mason. We were so excited for him and his wife. Yes, that's probably happening a lot with newborns, but it turns out he still isn't quite ready to come back. Um, Granted, the baby is just a few weeks old. Totally, totally get it. So when I was thinking about, okay, well, let's have someone guest host and join us for this episode. I immediately thought of Eli. Yeah, and, and I am happy to be here because Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is one of my favorite movies. And I am a big Marvel geek. So, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club. Yeah, Perfect. Exactly. I, I'm glad I picked I'm glad I picked someone who's actually a fan of the movie. <laughs> that would have been so great. I mean, it's great to have differing opinions on films, but what I found with podcasts is that you typically are listening to a podcast because for the most most of the time it's because you like that movie. You are searching out other people talking about that movie that you enjoy. Uh, that's yeah. a blanket statement for the most part. Like there's sometimes that movies are so bad. You're looking for other like people to rip on it. That's fine. That's a whole other world. But for the, for the, for the majority of people, it's like, <laughs> I love this. I want to hear other people talk about what I love about so much. And so I think that's, that's going to be really great for this episode. And in general, why majority of the movies we do, we are generally very positive about them. We are fans. And so we just like to talk about the positive things about them. So I'm really excited yeah. to do this one because this for into the spider Verse, into the spider verse is really universally beloved and we'll we'll talk about the reasons why but i'm just so pumped to finally be able to do this yeah no this has been definitely on the top of my like favorite movies of the last couple of years since we started since before we started back up again and i have a an interesting viewpoint on this one so i'm excited to share that as well Okay. Well, before we get into that, I just wanted to welcome two new patrons to our Patreon program. They are our gold level patrons. Welcome Esther and Jill. Woo! 
Esther and Jill. Currently, we have three different tiers on our Patreon. We have gold, we have platinum, and we have diamond. So if you know what those three things reference, be sure to let us know in the show notes for this episode, rotoscopers.com slash 182, because that's a little Easter egg for all of you fans. Okay, with that, shall we get into it? Let's do it. She want to ride like a cruise And I'm not trying to lose Then you're left in the dust Unless I stuck by you All right, so as far as our main discussion, welcome. We are talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. As far as general information, the studio was Sony Pictures Animation, which I have to give them a shout out because they are one of my favorite studios to work with as far as on a promotional basis. They, they're they very good to fans. And so I really mm-hmm. like working with them. Mm-hmm. And they were in, in association with Columbia Pictures and Marvel Entertainment. Basically, it's an interesting like playing of catch and throw with Marvel and Sony because of the rights that mm, were yes. purchased by Sony years ago when Marvel needed money. <laughs> and so they're, they, for, since then, they've been going back and forth of like, uh, how do we do this? And I'm, I honestly think that they've done a really good job of, of spreading out the different properties through the different studios. Part of the deal was that Sony could keep the like auxiliary characters outside of Spider-Man himself. So that's why you see this with Miles Morales and then also with Venom. They've had his movies going around Mm -hmm. and why for a little bit they were like, I don't know if Tom Holland's going to be back in the Marvel universe. We shall see. And then Sony's like, oh, please just give us money. Yeah. (laughs) Let's be honest. So when it comes down to it, it's all about the dollars. But we're cool with it. Uh, The directors, they had some really good directors on this one. I mean, honestly, it was a star-studded just team that worked here. It was first started by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and they started as producers on this while they were simultaneously writing and doing the the script for the Lego movies. And so they were like, well, we can't do a lot of the directing in this. So they passed off the director's to somebody else, but then they kept on producing. And so they were one of the major uh, instigators of this project. And so you have Bob Persoletti, who has been in the animation industry in story department and in other animated films since like Hercules. He was also a storyboard artist on Shrek 2, which is a plug for our next film that we are going to be reviewing. And then you have Peter Ramsey, who has had many art department credits in in like 31 or so. And then um, he's also been in various animated films, but he is best known for directing Rise of the Guardians. And we like our Rise of the Guardians. Mm -hmm. Then they also had Rodney Rothman, who has had writing credits on 21 Trump Street. And then also I found interesting that he also worked for The Late Show with David Letterman before he got into film. (laughs) But it was Rodney who was also a co-writer with Phil on this. So that's kind of how the the puzzle pieces started. This release date was December 14th, 2018. The budget was $90 million estimated. And then the worldwide gross was $375,540,000 plus. Uh, (laughs) And then... (laughs) 831 fine finish it up (laughs) whatever 
And hey, this movie was also nominated and won the Oscar for Best Animated Feature Film in 2019. And what's interesting about that, it was the first non-Disney Pixar film to win that since 2011 when Rango won it. So, you know, because oh, hallelujah! basically Disney Pixar has... <laughs> A monopoly on animation it seems at least for the awards yeah. and so it was nice that this film was able to you know upheave disney in a way i guess for, te- you know <laughs> temporarily i love disney nothing disney don't don't take me off your press list but right. you know it, this was rightfully this was rightfully do because was it was so won. good it was so good this was rightfully won and, it, and i think incredible two which came out the same year i think it made more money so i think it was i'm pretty sure it was more popular yeah. and so it and and brad and brad bird is a great director so the so the fact that uh sony a movie from sony pictures animation was able to win against that movie was pretty incredible yeah, it was. I'm I am one of those that I'm going to be shunned for saying that I am not a huge Incredibles fan. Oh, it's you've already fine. said this time multiple times before. I but. know. So like for me there was I was like to me there was no question that Spider Man won because it was like it, Incredibles was fine. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't this one. This one blew my mind. Yeah, yeah. I well, I was gonna say, especially the Incredibles movie that came out in two thousand and eighteen which I thought it was good, but Spider-Man was so groundbreakingly different from other animated movies. It would be crazy to ignore it. Right. Right. Yeah. Whereas the Incredibles and, you know, the Incredibles two specifically, it, it kind of just took what the Incredibles did and brought it, you know, to a new story, but there wasn't anything revolutionary about it. It was just a sequel you know, bring in, bring in that film. Obviously, advancements in technology were very important and definitely, but there were just so many elements to the Spider-Verse that made it different and new and they tried new things. And yeah, it just completely changed the game. And, and that's really why it went. So so that first trailer that came out, we had known this movie was going to, to be made. It was leaked, you know, as part of the, the Sony hacking email situation that happened in 2014. So then we got word that there was going to be this Miles Morales Spider-Man film, and everyone got super excited about that. And then finally, we were able to get our first trailer, and the world's minds were just collectively blown, I feel. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go ahead and play that trailer yeah. right now. Yeah. Gotta go. If you want me to drive you, we gotta go now. No, I walk. Personal chauffeur going on. It's okay. Seriously, Dad, walking would have been fine. Breaking news. Spider-Man saves the day again. Spider-Man. This guy swings in. Wants the day. Zip, zap, zap, Nancy. I know. Accountability. Yeah, speed up, speed up. You know, I know these kids. No miles, man. You get arrested? Gosh, don't cops run red lights? Well, yeah, some do. But, uh, not your dad. In your universe, there's only one Spider-Man. There is another universe. It looks and sounds like yours, but it's not. My name's Miles Morales. Hey, kid. You're like me. How? I knew my day would come around this time. I know it's complicated. You want to know what happened to you? I can teach you to be Spider-Man. 
Mm, I love this burger. So delicious. Mm, one of the best burgers I've ever had. You have money, right? I'm not very liquid right now. I think you're going to be a bad teacher. How am I supposed to save the whole world? You can't think about saving the world. You have to think about saving one person. One thing I know for sure, don't do it like me. Do it like you. I see this spark in you. It's amazing. Hands up! Whatever you choose to do with it, you'll be great. I love you, Miles. Yeah, I know that. You gotta, gotta say, say I love you back. Dad, are you serious? I, I want to hear it. it. You want to hear me I say it? I love you, Dad. You're dropping me I off out of school? I love you, Dad. Look at this place. Dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. That's a copy. Time to swing, just like I taught you. When did you teach me that? I didn't. It's a little joke for team building. Hey, guys. Okay, who are you? I'm Gwen Stacy. Come on. How many more spider people are there? Save us at Comic-Con. What's coming? Let's go! I remember when I first saw that trailer, though. Like, the minute I saw clips from that movie, I thought it looked amazing. Like, already I could tell that this was going to be special. Yeah. I was I was floored when I saw this. I was like, whoa. I honestly didn't know that it was an actual movie. I thought somebody was just, like, putting something really cool together. I was like, "There's this This is a thing? <laughs> I was... Because it was so different. Are you, it was so different from... Oh, you just thought it was some, like... You just thought it was some, like, YouTube artist or something? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I had no idea what it was because it was so different from anything. And I just thought, well... Maybe somebody's just having fun. I mean, that's really cool. They should do something with that. <laughs> yeah, so let's let's talk about the art style cuz I really think that is one of the things that that makes this film stand apart and it they took a lot of inspiration. I mean, the, the color palette is one thing that always stands out to me when I'm watching this film. It's just the bright pinks and greens and yellows and just the very dynamic contrast in colors uh, is really remarkable and then on top of that they really wanted to create this sense that it was a comic book and so they used a lot of very different and unique techniques to make it feel like you were reading a comic book but not Mm -hmm. necessarily like the motion comics of 10 15 years ago where it's basically a comic book that they've like basically stretched the you know the individual pieces of the the character so they slowly move it's just kind of like cheapo animation not that that's not what they wanted to do but they wanted to really invoke the feeling that you were in a comic book and so we have the the dots you know for gradients and darkness that we typically see in in comic books and we see you know, they, they did around the edges of a character there, there was sort of like line bleeding, you know, where you would see like a different color on the edge of a character. Cause if this was printed, sometimes that happened uh, or even after miles turns into Spider-Man and gets bitten by the spider. Uh, that's when we start seeing more of the comic book elements, like the text bubbles and the pop outs and uh, things like that. Th- that those start to really amp up as soon as he is bitten and it really they all just come together and play so nicely together and then on top of that they you know that was just kind of like the art style you know they have the little like motion lines when something happens there's little wavy lines like next to their heads or especially like when they their spidey sense is tingling yeah 
I love saying that when all the spider men, spider women have those around their heads um, or someone's knocking on the door or like a boom or whatever. You, you see those visual cues, which are so, so common in comic books. But right. on top of that, they, they then added this other layer of animation, which it's, it's not necessarily cell shading, but it's, it's just a different, it's clearly it's CGI, but just the way that it's rendered and the colors and everything, it, it feels flat, but 3d. I, I have a, a very hard time explaining it, but well, I like it. And there's even certain, I read there's even certain times when they animated on, uh, you know, an animation principle is there's 24 frames per, per second for animation. So you have to do 24 different poses, you know, per second. But a lot of times for miles specifically, they would do it on twos, which means there would only be 12 stills of him per second, because a lot of times they wanted to do this to show that he was just more clunky in his movements. And then when you had Peter Parker, there's a scene where they're both swinging in the trees, getting away from the lab. Peter Parker is animated on ones. And so his animation is very smooth and fluid to show that he knows what he's doing. He's got this while Miles Morales is on twos and he's a little bit more clunky. It's just little stylistic things that they did like that just to kind of create this sense for the audience of this guy knows what he's doing. This guy doesn't, they're learning. And eventually Miles gets to that point. I just, everything about visually this film just blows me away. Yeah. And I was listening to an interview with them, with, um, Chris and Phil last night, and they were talking about how they, from what it sounded like, they did a principle or they did a, a style that was similar to paper man in the fact, in the way that they had these computer animations. And then they actually had hand-drawn animation on top of it as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did read that where they would have every scene, every frame had hand-drawn touches. Which well, that is was, that awesome. was one of my favorite things about the movie was how it looked visually. It was like the, the fact that it looked like a comic book come to life, kind of. It's like, like you said in the, in the scene when he's bitten by the spider, there, is, there are actual narration boxes that show what he's, say, what he's thinking. Mm-hmm while he's thinking it so it's just something you only see in comics and never see in animated movies but but this movie like intentionally tried it looked like it was embracing the fact that it was a cartoon and like Mm. and unlike uh, unlike a lot of like what disney does which is like disney usually tries to uh elevate art form of animation by making it as realistic as possible but like this movie does a good job of embracing its cartooniness and it looked, and every time I looked at this movie when I was like watching it, it looked like kind of like a comic book come to life. At other moments, it looked like moving graffiti. It looked like a painting. It looked like a, it was just really, it, it was really creative. It was like the art style was so creative compared to like what you normally see in animation yeah Yeah. so on top of an art style and animation that were just new and unique and something we haven't seen before and they really took risks in doing that um, we not only have those things but we also have 
incredible characters that just work and you love each and every one of them. They have a fantastic story. I mean, how many times has the sto- has the Spider-Man story been told? Mm-hmm. And I love the way they're able to play on that, uh, which we could, we can talk about. Um, we have humor and comedy. This is a funny film. And then just the music is so right on. It's very urban and it just matches the environment of Brooklyn and all of those elements together just are like perfect pieces of a puzzle to make this a near perfect film. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that they did a good job blending like the, the adventurous art style with very grounded humor and grounded like characters. It seemed like the characters were really relatable. Like they, they acted like believable teenagers, which is, which is mm-hmm. an important thing, not just the art style. That the, the characters are the most important thing in the movie, and they nail that, too. You know what I thought was really interesting is within the first 15 minutes, you know, I was watching the film, and so much happens. We mm-hmm. are introduced to Miles. We're introduced to his family. We understand his dilemma and the struggles that he has. We meet him and his uncle, and we see him in his new school, and so... this character has so much complexity to him and then very quickly you know he meets he goes to his uncle and then he gets bitten by a spider this all happens within the first 15 20 minutes and it allows to it allows the film to really kick off from that point on and i just want to praise them on how well they were able to do that exposition without feeling oh this has been done before or feeling it didn't feel rushed at all it was completely natural and i really really loved that i'm like oh man okay he's a spy you know he is spider-man now i mean not not necessarily spider-man he hasn't he he's a a spider bitten man at that point but (laughs) he's a spider character at this point (laughs) but it i i thought it was great because this is something that we have seen so many times before you know sony this is their really their only big property and yes yeah you know you know fox has had the x-men and you know disney had you know a lot everything of everything else <laughs> avengers and guardians of the galaxies you know it was supposed to be the misfits that disney had but they have actually turned into the even bigger things but sony has always had the people arguably the biggest property which is spider-man and because that's the only one they have they keep rebooting it all yeah. the time we've had the toby Maguire spider-man trilogy which we let's we can talk about those in a second um you know kind of our thoughts on the different iterations of film spider-man and then we have the andrew garfield version which you know got cut short and then we have the again rebooted with tom holland as spider-man which was kind of he was on loan to disney for the marvel cinematic universe and so how many times do we have to see a boy get bitten by a spider you know peter parker (laughs) you know his girlfriend mary jane all these things and so i loved 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 that sony said you know what let's let's take this a different route you know and they had this miles morales character from ultimate spider-man and it that was another reason why i think this felt so fresh because it wasn't just same old spider-man you know awkward teenager i mean he is still like the same yeah the essence of spider-man and peter parker but just a different setting different construct different person and i love it yeah but yeah well i i did like the miles morales character from the comics before I watched this movie. So I, I was interested in watching it just to see a movie about this character. Like, from, and, and that was something I'd never seen before. So that's another thing that contributed to this feeling fresh compared to other Spider-Man movies. So how did this differ from the comics? Was it pretty spot on? Uh, you know what? There are some similarities to the comics, but it's 
it's completely a different story. Like the, 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 from the one I read, when like the, the, I read the Ultimate Spider-Man comics, and and I read the ones where Miles Morales was introduced. I didn't read any comics on Miles Morales that involved multiple versions of Spider-Man or yeah. alternate dimensions. Yeah, uh, this this was completely new. So I want to find out how big of Spider-Man fans is everyone. I if if the ranking is from one to ten, I would be a ten. Okay. So do you do the co- like? Are you just comics? Are you all of forms of Spider-Man? Like, what's oh, where's your favorites? Oh, I, I you know what I would venture to say all forms probably because like I like the character no matter what I'm seeing. First time I became a Spider-Man fan was when I watched the 2002 Tobey Maguire film. That was what introduced me to to the character as a fan, and that led me to reading the comics, and that led me to Ultimate Spider-Man and his Amazing Spider-Man, Spectacular Spider-Man, like Web of Spider-Man, and all those comics. Yeah. And that led me to all the other Marvel properties. Then I, after that, I became excellent fan of Interman. But yeah, Spider Man was the was the one who opened the, the gate for me becoming a Marvel fan, and he is still, I think, the best character that Marvel ever created. All right. So I have never read the comics. I've never really been a comic book like reader in general. But I was a you don't read comic books in general. In general, I don't read comic books. Like that's just not where my if I'm going to read a book, I generally end up reading books. And I, I mean, I just, my, my love is generally in the moving parts <laughs> in the TV and film side. Yeah. But I was a huge fan of the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon back in the 90s. And I, I just remember making it a high priority to make it home in time from school in order to watch it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was always really irritated whenever my mom was late to pick me up because I was like, no, I got to watch this. And or maybe it was on a Saturday or I don't know. I just remember it, I made it a high priority anytime it was on it because it was especially when it got into the Spider-Verse section where you had Madam Web came out and she was taking you and bringing in all of the different Spider-Mans from all of the different all of the different worlds and versions and there was even a, a Spider-Man who was just an actor and that's really all he was and it was just like they all had to like fight together to beat the main the main baddie who I don't even remember I just remember this being a thing and I was like this is so cool and then I was predictably I would say I had predictable reactions to the Tobey Maguire films. I liked, I loved the first one. The second one was okay. was like compared, comparatively okay. And then the third one was like, what in the world just happened here? <laughs> and um, then when they rebooted it with Andrew Garfield, I was, I was like, okay, I'm willing to give this another shot. And then I jumped in and I was like, really not okay with how this like is just turning out. It just seems rehashed. And then when the Tom Holland version came around, because they didn't focus on his origin story at all, I was like, cool, <laughs> just jump into it. I like you. <laughs> um, and uh. and then uh, once the, the initial trailer of this came out, I was all all on board because I was like, this is going to be cool. I It just replayed the Madam Web stuff in my head. And I was like, oh, we're doing this. <laughs> so I was... Oh, so you were one of the... You were one of the original Spider-Verse fans. Yes. So that's cool. where my mine is. 
Yeah, I think I, I'm similar to Chelsea. I'm not going to rehash she, basically everything that she said. I completely agreed. The The Spider-Man TV show of the 90s really was a must-see TV for me. And I remember watching the entire series and loved it. And yeah, everything she said about the films, I I I stand by and agree with. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we can gush a little bit more about the art style. We can talk about our reactions to the trailer and maybe even our theater experience. So I mentioned a little bit that I had an interesting outlook on this film. And I say that because I was able to sneak my way into one of the test screenings for this film. And it, it was nobody knew what film it was. You didn't know what film it was until you actually got in there because it was like, I don't see the normal Disney people here. So it's not a Disney film because I was thinking maybe it would have been one of the ones, one of the other ones. Like, actually, I was thinking it was going to be The Incredibles and we we're like, oh, I wonder if this is going to be it. But then, like I said, you didn't see the normal, the normal people around. And I'm just looking around. I'm like, no, this is a very different crowd. Who is this? And then when they said, we're going to be watching the new Spider-Man, the whole, all of the fanboys <laughs> were going nuts. <laughs> and I was, I was internally going nuts. I don't generally like go nuts in a theater s- setting, but I was internally going nuts. I was like, yes, this is going to be great. And it was everything about, even in those initial stages where there are different parts of the movie where you don't see the full thing, you just see a screen hold like a thumbnail and then you hear the dialogue but anytime that you did go back to the anything that they had done it was just like yes give me more this is and i just knew then that this was going to be huge wow that's pretty cool it's very hard to get into Uh, those advanced not even an advanced screening test screenings yeah it's Um, really hard what about you what was your theater experience like eli oh my god Uh, i i this was a special movie for me because I. this was the first movie I ever watched in a theater with my girlfriend. Oh. And, yeah, and and she and I both loved it. And it, it, it was... She's uh, the one for me. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely one points, at least. Oh my God! Yeah, it's like this was this is like officially our special movie. <laughs> we both we both enjoyed it equally, and and but but when I saw it for the first time, I I couldn't stop talking about it or thinking about it all day. I, I was just blown away by how I was mostly blown away by how different it was from any other movie I'd ever seen before. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I didn't have the opportunity to see it in theaters, but I got a very big promo package when it was coming out on on Blu-ray from Sony. And like Chelsea mentions, she loves working with Sony. I likewise love working with Sony. And they sent us the art of book. They sent us the Blu-ray. They sent us um, a Spider-Man action figure or like a Funko Pop of Miles Morales and like some edible candy, edible cookies and things that had all sorts of Spider-Man decor. And they gave us a Spider-Man noir t-shirt. I mean, it was just the biggest press package ever. And I was definitely a fan. So they're so good. (laughs) They they put a lot of effort into that. So I appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, we, we talked a little bit about Miles Morales. He's important to note because it's the first biracial Spider-Man. He's half black, half Puerto Rican. And, but he actually takes his mom's last name. You know, his dad's name is 
Davis. Um, Jefferson Davis is his dad's name. And so a lot of people have really been confused as to why his last name is Morales. And according to comic book writer, I got this from INDB, Brian Michael Bendis. He said that he uses his mother's last name because his dad was a secret agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. And he wanted mm-hmm. to keep Miles safe. So later, when Miles was older and Jefferson was no longer a part of S.H.I.E.L.D., Miles, it says Miles was too old to change his name, which I'm like, nobody is too no. old to change their name, honey. But, you <laughs> know, just didn't want to. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that was an interesting tidbit about his dad, that his dad was a secret agent of S.H.I.E.L.D. So again, just building this web, Ooh, <laughs> excuse so the web. pun, <laughs> into the, into the uh, Marvel universe, if you will. <laughs> Yeah, there's some heavy lore in the Marvel Universe, so I'm not surprised by that. Yeah, so I I really love his all these characters. You know, we are introduced to Miles, who is just, he's awkward, and he's your typical teenager. You know, what teenager isn't awkward, I guess, unless you're the typical jock. Um, but he's in this school that he doesn't necessarily want to go to, but it's a great opportunity for him to get education, and he was able to be picked to attend it, and... You know, it's interesting to me. This is a very interesting situation where it's it has its own dorm um, as a high school. You know, so he goes there, he spends the week at the school, and then he comes back with his parents um, on the weekends. And so he has this roommate who is just completely oblivious to what anything else that's going on in his life. And yeah, so I I really liked his dad. Let's you know Jefferson. I thought he just was just this great guy who you could tell really cared about his son. And there's a really funny moment when, you know, Miles is going to school and he gets picked up by his dad and he has to drive to school in the police car. And then, you know, he sends him on his way and says, uh, I love you, dad <laughs> over the speaker. And you, how horrified would any you know boy be in high school to have to say that to, his, to his dad. And you know, that's why you just need to say it in the car guys. Just always say it on your way right. out. Cause right. like, nothing hurts by telling your parents you love them. Um, and it, it can only go downhill if you don't. <laughs> right. But I think, I mean, there were a few moments before then, but I think that really set up the humor in this film and what to expect. Um, so yeah. And that was the moment when I first, um, fell in love with the dad there. Yeah. In that moment right there. Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting because we get some backstory on Jefferson and the brother Aaron that back in the day, they used to be kind of hooligans and they got in trouble a lot. And so ultimately the dad, when he, when Miles was born, decided to, you know, go on straight and narrow, became a cop, obviously agent of shield at this point. (laughs) And (laughs) goes a completely different path down his brother because he wanted, you know, they were troublemakers from what I've read. And so they're one of the reasons I read some speculation, like one of the reasons why they didn't want to use the name Davis is because Davis was just a a known name, you know, for for being bad. And so he didn't want to associate his son with that name. So he, I'm like, "Mm, I I prefer this one a little bit better. I mean, Davis (laughs) seems like a very just normal name to me. Right, right. (laughs) Well, it was supposed to be, they were supposed to say like they were so bad. It was like some of these mafia names, you know, where you're like the Colombo family. You just know that name is associated with with bad stuff. I'm like, no, no. It's like, oh, your last name is Smith? Ooh, I know what you, where you been? Yeah, so we meet the brother who is the cool uncle, right? And he is a lot of fun and you can really see why Miles relates to him. He's not he's not as hard, you know, a stickler to the rules as 
the dad is obviously the dad is a cop. So he needs to uphold the law. And, you know, very quickly he's encouraging miles to explore his art. And so they go down to some secret places. Like I know a place, which we learn later why he knows this place. And right. he gets to, well, he asks you know, him right there. He's like, how do you know this place? He's like, eh, I did some engineering work here. Like, right. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not going to ask any questions about that, but yeah. They yeah. This, this, <laughs> Nobody this. wants to know about numbers and, ge and geometry. No. <laughs> He's like, oh, boring. I got enough of that at school. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they create this really cool art piece. And I really like the thread of this great expectations that is woven throughout, you know, he has this report that he's supposed to write on and, you know, read the, the classic book, great expectations. And he's really not into it. And then he, he kind of, his version of the report is by doing this art piece on the wall, which has no expectations. And then we see that later, you know, bookended at the end where, you know, that's what he turns in for his, his piece is, is basically a drawing of the the mural yeah it was because that's a classic artist. thing with spider-man is with great power comes great responsibility it's the classic line and so they kind of flip that a little bit uh, yeah, the dad has it. a funny line where he's like with great ability comes great oh, what's the, what is accountability, it? <laughs> accountability. <laughs> it's like no dad that's not it <laughs> not the line <laughs> that's hilarious so the moment so when we are first introduced to like Miles when he's like going to this new school, like I I really I really love the, the I really love the, the the main thing I loved about this movie throughout really and what made me instantly fall in love with it was how sharp its sense of humor was. Mm -hmm. It's like I really loved how funny it is and the, the directors do a good job focusing on the humor and, and breathing past most of the formulaic elements in the plot and focusing mainly on just making sure the movie is funny and, and, and entertaining. That was what I really, that was one of the things I liked most about the film and, and from beginning to end, really. I agree. They knew exactly what kind of movie they wanted to be. And I liked that. Yes, Exactly. My favorite thing about this film were the introduction of the different Spider-Men, Spider-Women. Uh -huh. I really think that's one of the things that is just so fun about this, the, the Spider-Verse and that there's these, all these different versions of Spider-Man, you know, into infinity. And we get to see five other Spider-Men. Um, well, first we were introduced to the classic good old, good old boy which is the Spider-Man of the world of Miles Morales. And I really love that I was reading the art of book before this, and I turned to that page where it's him. And he's really supposed to be like the all-American hero. Like almost the way that he is drawn is is kind of like a, a Captain America almost. He's yeah. just very fit, in shape, and everything, his act is all together. He does everything right. He has the perfect marriage. He has the perfect relationship for the most part with, you know, the citizens of the, of the city and the spider he, cave. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like he is, if you wanted to be a Spider-Man of all the different iterations, like that is one of the ones you want because he's got it going on. Right. And so it's like he, he knew exactly what to invest in. <laughs> he's yeah. got a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so we lose him very early on. It's, it's represents kind of the death of, you know, the uncle that is in the typical Spider-Man, you know, origin stories that really gets Spider-Man to go. But this, this is Miles's 
Uncle Ben, if you will. Well, and at first. At first, yes. And then we actually lose a real uncle, and that kind of is <laughs> definitely more important. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I, I, it was a shock, honestly, to lose Spider-Man. Like, wow, this is where we're going. And then, obviously, with the gamma ray or whatever that fancy machine was that introduced the different <laughs> spider-man you know we all start seeing different ones pop up and what i absolutely loved i just it's just one of the pe things that was just a small thing that stood out to me was with every the, the film starts out with the introduction of the spider-man as we know the perfect spider-man the blonde one um the very very beginning like let's do this one last time okay because they're even acknowledging yeah you guys know the Spider-Man origin story. So like, I'm just going to, you know, yada, yada, yada right here. So they do that in about 30 seconds. And then, then we get every time we're introduced to a new Spider-Man, we get another origin story and, and we get up to speed. And I, what I loved is that with every Spider-Man that was introduced, they put down another comic book on top of that. And so we're building all the different Spider-Man. And at the very, 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 very end, we get Miles Morales telling his story one last time as the new Spider-Man and his comic book cover it lays on top of all of the rest. And I just thought it was just not only a cool element to introduce the Spider-Mans and their backstories, because obviously that's a lot to unpack. Uh, it's funny. It's interesting. But then it, it builds to tell us who we actually care about the most is Miles and it ends with him. And I just thought it was just so well done. Agreed. That was really well directed. I like that uh, element of the film and everything you just said, basically, I agree with. Another thing I really love, worn down fat Spider-Man. Like <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. he's, he's the antithesis of everything that the other guy was. Right. Yeah. Everything the other guy wasn't, he is. You know, he he's fatter. He's not as motivated. He has brown hair with gray he's older so he's not even in his prime as far as like health and, and age you know he's just older tired he has a horrible you know he's split up with mary jane it's just all bad all bad bad bad, bad. you know even his, <laughs> his aunt and uncle have died in in this version of it so you know you can see how two people who are nearly identical um they go down these different paths and how people handle different things and i really liked even though he I wouldn't say he's a minor character, but he has his own arc as well. And we see yeah. him learning and him wanting to improve and be better. And even though we probably won't see that version of Spider-Man ever again, I thought it was really cool to see a not-so-perfect Spider-Man who doesn't have it all and for him to just, you know, make changes and be better and become a really great mentor. I mean, that wasn't probably the mentor that Miles wanted. He wanted the real Spider-Man. But, you know, he steps up and eventually they save the world. <laughs> And yeah. he goes into his own world and then starts to change his own personal world from there. Yeah. I, okay. So the one thing also that I, I liked about his character is how he kind of showed how every little bit of this is predictable. He's like, eh, it's the normal stakes. You know, there's always going to be something and it's always, but there's always time. I always do my little thing and I get it done. It's fine. <laughs> it's nothing to be afraid of. Whatever. Same deal. And yeah. One of the fun, funniest things about the movie was how he just was, it, it, it seemed like he was basically just over it. Every time they started talking about these high stakes, things that you see in air. 
yeah, it's high stakes. Like the villain's going to say you've got 24 hours. <laughs> like, the, those, these things, he was just like, I, 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 I was tired of it. And he was probably reflecting a lot of people's opinions about superhero movies. So that was really funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he's he has the moment to... Uh, well, and there are moments where he's like, well, actually, no, that is kind of a big deal. We should probably do that. <laughs> yeah, okay, that is kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, like, there's this... There all right, I'll give him that. All right, okay, we got to do this. Um, but he's he just has the... He's so relatable to everyone. He's, he's the character that we all are uh, in our own lives. So we all have moments where maybe we make wrong financial decisions. He felt like there was a lot of things riding on it. He was afraid. He was just afraid of a lot of things and he didn't want to move forward in a lot of ways, which is why he's like, she wanted kids, but I was afraid and they were, we were moving this way and I'm sorry, I wasn't there for you. And, and we all have moments when, we're, when we want to cry in the bathroom. Right. While <laughs> I got through it. It's fine. <laughs> I love how he's just like the entire time he's just still in his suit. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> like they don't actually show his face during those moments. Like he's still just in his suit, just doing it, like crying in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> <Just like. laughs> his suit with the sweatpants is so yeah. funny. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh my God. That was priceless visual humor. At May, she's like, oh, geez, are those sweatpants? And Gwen's like, <laughs> Yep, that's what they are. (laughs) (laughs) I loved Aunt May. She was a boss. Yes, yes. I did too. No matter what happens in the next, like, iterations of this franchise, of the Miles Morales, she needs to be in this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's just, she she is it. She might be my favorite version of Aunt May. She might be. How come? Because I... uh, Lily Tomlin played her like really well, first of all. And, and second, I, I just liked how she was the kind of aunt that I would want to have mm-hmm. if I could choose the aunt that I could have. Because she, she was like so take charge. She wasn't even afraid. She wasn't even afraid of the villains when they came into her house. She was just like nonchalantly thinking, would you mind taking this outside? <laughs> Children, go outside. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's done this like, a few too many times that, before. That, <laughs> I know. That's why I love her. Yeah, it'd be interesting, you know, in obviously there are there's a sequel in, in the works set for twenty twenty one. And he he's lost his uncle and we don't really know much about his if he has any other uh aunts or uncles on his dad's side and we don't know anything about his mom's side, but I feel because of her strong connection to Spider Man in general, she has a lot to she she knows a lot and so she can teach a lot. And so I mm-hmm. I'd love to see her in future future ones. So one thing that I, one origin story that I wish we had more information on was Uncle Aaron, the Prowler's origin mm, story. Yeah. I wish I would have known more about like what made him go, like what made him choose his choices and what made his dad choose his choices. And like, yeah, his was just a very interesting side story. Yeah, I, I noticed while I was watching, I, I wish they had gone into his backstory a little bit more because there are so many characters in this movie that they don't have time to focus on all of them. So that, if I had to do something that I, one of the very few things I could complain about, it would be that. Mm-hmm. It would be the lack of focus on, on a few characters because of how uh, 
little they get to focus on just a few characters because there's so many others in the film. Yeah. And I noticed that about uh, Air, about Uncle Aaron. I would have liked to see uh, more of his backstory and how he got motivated to become the Prowler. Yeah, it's hard because we have seven Spider-Men, including the one who died. So there's a lot going on there, and that's a lot of characters take a lot of screen time. Uh, yeah, and then Uncle Aaron, he's such a key... He's not the main baddie, but he's a really important part and something that's a one of the most the biggest threats to Miles. So it's just kind of a shame that he's gone. Especially I would have liked to have seen, we see the reaction of the dad when he sees his brother's body and then obviously makes the connection of the suit that he's in and all of that. And it would have been nice. I don't know. There just wasn't time to explore, you know, him unpacking that his brother was this super bad guy and that he went down this one path and he chose another. And this is where it led them. It's, It's a lot. I'm really glad that they showed that Miles still has both of his parents, though. Like they didn't do the, the Disney thing, right? <laughs> the automatic Disney trope is kill off one of the parents, right. generally the mom or the dad. You know, it's and like, the Spider-Man trope is to have no parents. You're living with your right. uncle and aunt. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So I'm really glad that they they took that route and just said, no, he's going to have this. He just doesn't know how to uh, relate to his parents currently. Teenagers, the the teenager, think that they know everything. You give them an inch, and they swim all over you. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Uh, yeah. I just, I've, I've really loved this movie. It's so great. (laughs) Um, Can we give some Gwen Stacy love? Oh yeah, yeah. She's fantastic. Spider Gwen, by far one of the best characters. She's just from her design. She's just really cool. With this blonde hair, and then it kind of gets even cooler when it gets has to get whacked off because of <laughs> Miles not knowing how to use those spider webs, and yeah. and then she's just just this cool chick. That's <laughs> the best way that I can put it. And she's it's funny because there are there is a period of time where really none of them believe in Miles. They're like, you know what? He's not ready for this. He's not ready for this. And then they really do form this bond because he's able to step up and he grows into who he needs to be. But Stacey, when she makes that first appearance as Spider-Gwen in the forest, like, oh, yeah, I love where this is going. And I just love not only her design as when she is Gwen, but when she is Spider-Gwen or Spider-Woman. It's just it's just great. Again, going back to to the character design and the art direction, all of it was just spot on. Yeah. And they took her, but then like made her, okay. Her best friend was Peter Parker. You know, it was just like, Whoa, Mm -hmm. okay. That's a retake. I mean, I feel like the whole like multiverse is just a reason to give validity to fan art and fan, (laughs) like fan fiction, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which I'm totally down with. You know, you know, what's interesting is that the, the, there is a line of Marvel comics called the what if series that is basically an uh, anthology book that tells a bunch of different stories in the Marvel Universe about what if this person died or what if this person oh, got bitten by a spider instead of Peter Parker and stuff like that. And 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 so the idea of Gwen Stacy, who is a regular in the Spider-Man world, uh, lives in this alternate universe in Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse where he gets bitten by the spider instead of Peter Parker and Peter Parker ends up dying instead of Gwen Stacy is a, a really, it, I, I like that they went in that direction because they didn't just create, they didn't just have characters that were just had completely no connection whatsoever. They actually took actual 
side chapter from Spider-Man, Peter Parker's world, and and made them made the main character, like and Gwen Stacy. That's cool. Being bit, <laughs> being bitten by a spider is is a cool character to have in the movie because it's a nice what if scenario. Yeah, I those are um, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The other thing that I thought was weird about Gwen was, okay, if she got thrown into last week, how did she get into school so easily? <laughs> Where has she been living? What has she been using for money? I'm I'm really oh. interested. <laughs> like, yeah. How? Considering this whole... They kind of breezed past that, didn't they? Yeah, they just like, no, we're not going to talk about that. She's just, <laughs> I just, she just had this thought, I should go to this school and just show up. I like you have they have that zero. would not be that would not be my first thought if I end up I in know. a different dimension like let's go to school <laughs> let's let's see what their public education is although this is definitely a private school this is you a know. Private school. <laughs> but they're yeah let's just go to school and let's just enroll myself into this this really uh very private school that you have to not only test into but then maybe win a lottery or something and then if you're not like who's paying for all of this like i don't understand how does she so easily <laughs> get into these <laughs> she she really dazzles amazing them situation she uh <laughs> she dazzled them yes <laughs> <laughs> i know maybe ask the directors if we ever get a chance to talk to them yeah i was like so Gwen, how did she do this? <laughs> you're you're looking way too far into this, Chelsea. <laughs> the school is much easier to get into than you would think, apparently. I don't know. You could you could ask why does Wiley e. Coyote never get injured in the cartoons with the Roadrunner too? You could, then maybe it's just like you, you don't you don't question it. <laughs> oh, but I question, Eli. I question. <laughs> 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 Why does Wiley Coyote not die? <laughs> what is he drinking? Is he was he on gamma rays as well? This is my question. It's all one world. Oh We're all connected. So for the other Spider-Men, I loved Penny Parker. I thought she was Oh, she she just when you thought this was going in a completely other direction and you, you didn't know where it was going, they introduced these three other Spider-Men who are just so far off from each other. You have Spider-Ham, who is just the ultimate cartoony, speaking of Looney Tunes characters, he's almost a Looney Tunes character. He has the big hammer and all the sound effects that he makes. And then you have Spider-Man Noir, who is just the serious detective from like the 1920s, essentially. I love And then him. you have the <laughs> anime girl, who Penny Parker, who... She has the pet spider who's a robot and she just has very, very typical anime with her overreactions and her, you know, giving a big hug. And I loved it at this yes. point. Like, this is the, this is the point where you'd be like, what on earth is happening? This this is so weird, but it's so right, guys. It, it just works. <laughs> It really did. It because I, I, I and by the way, just side note, my girlfriend is an anime fan. So when she saw Penny Parker for the first time, she loved her. Hard eyes, yeah. And totally, but like Spider Man Noir, Penny Parker, and and Spider Ham, all completely different from each other in like in terms of their style, but all totally memorable. And I loved all of them. They were all hilarious. And great. 
I don't know what that deal was with Spider Ham's introduction where he was like, My hands are wet because I washed them and that's the only reason why they're wet. <laughs> like I that was the weirdest <laughs> And that's why. <laughs> It's the only reason I swear. Oh, then then there's the other one where <laughs> they go in and they're trying to get the goober and put it away and they're trying to figure out all these things and they they're in the the Alcom X and he's looking Alcom <laughs> X the company up on Yahoo and it has 3.5 stars <laughs> as a rating. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> okay, this is the world we live in. Yes. Um, <laughs> so he's, they go in there and I love the Peter Parker's idea of what is going to happen. And he's like, okay, first plan number one, then I got to do this. Number two, I got to do this. And then he's like, then I got to find the, the head the head scientist and uh, Miles says, oh, the head scientist is the girl with the bike. He's like, all right, step four, re-examine my personal biases. It's so like every part of this, the, the script was just on point through the whole thing. I felt like it was great. Yeah. I, I, you know, I liked how they made the humor. Like it seemed like they were making the humor the primary focus of it, which I thought was very smart mm-hmm. because they are because the writers are super fun yeah yeah well i mean you have phil lord and who was one of the writers and he also did all of the writing for the um cloudy with a chance of meatballs mm-hmm. and i love that phil like the he just went in and there the story on how they did that one was great too because he's just like uh, so basically, he, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, they kind of are a package pair and they work as a team wherever they go and whatever job they're in. And they said, yeah, you know, we were going through and uh, we were directors of this film at first and then they fired us. <laughs> and then they came back and were <laughs> like, well, we've got to get this out soon. So we're going to have you come back, but it, we're only going to have you as a director on a on a renewable three month conditions every three months they had to renew that contract as directors of this film (laughs) and they're just like yeah this that was really scary (laughs) like oh i'm sure (laughs) but they they were able to take the just the humor of that film and you can just see that that's their the the kind of guys that they are in the interviews well, yeah. that I've heard with them they're just that those guys I mean Cloud with a Chance of Meatballs the Lego Movie this it, they just know how to do humor yeah especially in animation you know yeah, yeah. and 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 they know how to do adult R rated humor too because I watched Twenty One Jump Street and, and that movie is hilarious uh uh-huh. they've done I mean just really talented guys they've done all of the forms yeah. in TV film live action and animation just really cool yeah so the only other character i can think about is just the big bad guy kingpin and his design is really over the top you know he has these big like his his neck and back are just overpowering where he's just this big blob of a person like almost where it looks like it looks like he would have a hunchback and it every time i look at him i'm like oh my body just hurts for your body (laughs) (laughs) but he's so overpowering and he's such a big presence and he is he was a really great villain and had you know somewhat realistic of an idea for you know and motivations that were in his his mind pure you know he was going to kill a spider-man at one point and 
wife and child saw and they ran away and then they got in a car accident and died. And so he's trying to bring them back. And that's Mm -hmm. his, his sole motivation for everything. And that's all he cares about. And the sad part is no matter what dimension he's in, it keeps happening and they still view him as that person, or at least, you know, we saw two, right. <laughs> you know, who knows in, in other ones, but his idea is that he can go to any dimension, pull them, and then they just love him. But that's not really how it works. Like you can't replace the family that you had. Yeah. Just like you can't replace I, the Spider-Man that we had, you know, with the chubby Spider-Man or the, the Miles Morales. It's everyone is different in their own way. Yeah. And I think that the, the fact that they were able to give him such a great arc, because there's, there's always the, the baddie that you can come out with and just say, he's bad. Why? I don't know. He just is, you know, he's, (laughs) yeah, yeah. This is, that's just what he is. Okay, great. Okay. I can, in some cases I can totally take it. All right. Just accept it. All right. Um, but then there's the ways where they actually show you what their motivations are and you show them like why they're doing certain things and clearly why you know clearly why it's wrong. But in the end, you can also see for him how it's, it is motivated by a, a place of, of mourning and longing. And you can just see a different, um, emotion in him other than just die. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I want to have power and win. Okay. Um, so it was just really good and, in building that yeah well you know if you can if you can make the audience feel sorry for the villain in some small way that's the usually those are usually the best villains. yeah yeah where they're not so black and white where it's not we're all fighting against the bad guy we can kind of see why he's doing what he is and maybe some people agree with that you know and that's the dilemma but in the end you know this baddie is gone And, you know, then, you know, quickly wraps up and we're introduced with that last, okay, I'm going to do this one last time, you know, our Miles Morales, a Spider-Man moment. And he's really carved his own path and created his own way. And he's him. His own suit. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Although it was very helpful that he had a, basically a closet full of suits that he was able to choose from. (laughs) And then, you know, he could adjust from there, but yeah, he's he is his own Spider-Man and watch and I love that moment at the end where you know these friends that he made, you know, it's like when you go to summer camp, you make these friends and we'll be best friends forever and then you never talk to them again. But <laughs> he is actually able to talk to these other Spider-Men, Spider-Women, which is pretty cool that they're able to you know, go through dimensions and times to to talk to each other. Yeah, that was interesting at the very last you, I didn't catch it the first couple times I saw it. I had to, in this time I was watching, I was like, oh wait, she's actually talking to him from another dimension. They've figured out interdimensional conversations. Mm, cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yes. Oh my God. I like how they put at the end, at, right at the end, in case you were sad that these characters are never going to see mm-hmm. each other again. They, re- they reassured you at the last minute. That everything was going to be okay. We all have friends. <laughs> so I asked a question to our patrons. I asked them if you could have a spinoff movie based on any of the other Spider-Man or Spider-Women from the Spider-Verse, which would you like to see? And I've heard and I believe, you know, looking when we were researching this film, that there is going to be a sequel, but there also will be a spinoff film. 
And the two answers that we got was from Rebecca. She said, Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen, Spider Gwen, just your friendly neighborhood Spider Gwen. Spider or I Gwen, should sing it. Spider Gwen. And then <laughs> Alex says Spider Gwen would be my vote. And I think majority of people would probably say that. It'd be, she's just so cool, so hip, so awesome. Got that haircut that rocks. Why not? She's just also a different yeah. story as yeah. opposed to the same Peter Parker. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get many votes for the original Peter Parker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I would say Spider-Gwen would be the one that I would want to see a spinoff of the most, although I would absolutely watch a spinoff film starring Spider-Man Noir, Penny yeah, Parker, <laughs> or, or Spider-Man. Yeah. All three of those characters have those would all be great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> cool. Spider-Man Noir. Okay, Nicolas Cage as Noir was so perfect, beyond perfect. And I yeah. was just so glad that that was it. Because yeah. <laughs> wherever yeah. I go, the wind Indeed. follows. <laughs> <laughs> why, is, why is this cape flapping? There's no wind in here. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my God. I loved when he said that I... I burn myself with matches just to feel something. <laughs> that was my favorite. Just to feel something. Favorite thing he said. Oh, amazing. All right, guys. So any final thoughts on this film? Hey, I, you know, I heard someone once say that even if you've already watched it, you, should, you, you need to watch it. That's how good it yeah. is. Yeah. So what would you rate it? Eli can go first. Uh, what's my rating? Yeah. One, what's, one what's to five. Out of five. Five stars, I would give four it, stars. You can do half stars. stars. I would give it five. Five out of five. I don't do this often, but I would give it a perfect five out of five score because everything about the movie like worked well and 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 if there was any part of the lot or that that was boring which there which there rarely was the art style was entertaining the whole time through so it was always it was so it was captivating from start to finish so i would say it was a five out of five i'm gonna i'm actually gonna agree with you um i don't give five stars hardly ever but this one because of the just the impact that it made as the art style in the style of humor and the plot. I, I think that the plot was, I mean, it's hard because you're trying to get so much in, in such a short amount of time. And yet they kept that free flowing and made even that humorous as you went on. And you just get so many different viewpoints from this one story you get the store the side of like i've i love the fact that his mom is uh puerto rican and the fact that they like have spanglish going on all the time like i'm like respect i got that <laughs> and it just shows yeah. it just so shows so much culture that just oozes out of this plus it's just like a solid script like they just did a good job with that so i'm gonna give it five stars 
Wow. A clean sweep, guys. I also am going to give it five stars, which is rare for me. I think of only a handful of times on the podcast I have ever done that. But I think because this really is very revolutionary in a lot of ways from the art direction, the art style, the animation, the storytelling and how it took a classic, you know, different Spider-Man. It's not the same old Spider-Man that we've heard a million times over the music, just all of those elements together with the humor and just the characters, it all worked together for this perfect symphony of a movie that I am so glad that it's here, that it was, that it, was done by Sony Pictures Animation and that it's very representative of, you know, it gives us a new Spider-Man. It's not just the same old Spider-Man, but he's just such a great Spider-Man and represents everything that Spider-Man does. And it doesn't matter who he is. And that's the, the, the very, his very last monologue is saying it's you can be the Spider-Man, you can wear the mask. And that really is the message of the whole film. And then with this, this new Spider-Man and this new era, and I absolutely love it. And it's a near perfect slash perfect film. So five stars. Sweet. Yeah. You know, I would like to, I would just like to, to end, end my part of the, this podcast by saying that I, I don't want anyone to uh, underestimate how significant it is that this is a movie, um, a, a big budget, like sci-fi movie with a, with a person of color in the lead mm-hmm. because this is we don't see that a lot. Yeah. And this movie came out in 2018, which is the same year Black, Black Panther came right. out. And that movie and this movie are both, we're both really special because like, I like rarely ever see blockbusters, uh, sci-fi movies with black people in movies. And, and that, I, I, I wish we had more of it. And because it, because every time I see it, it makes me feel like, special mm-hmm. to see it because it's so rare yeah. and then i was and i would love it if there was more in the future yeah and i think the fact that this was so well received and it did so well in the box office um and just overall i mean it won the oscar i think that's just really encouraging for other studios and even sony and you know marvel to continue to to make more films like that with more representation so yeah i agree We have some voicemails. All right. The first voicemail is from Alex. Hello, Rotoscopers. This is Alex Beasley. First off, I wanted to say how happy I am that you three are back together. Your podcast episodes always bring so much joy into my life. And I was ecstatic when I found out that you were starting the podcast back up again. I also wanted to give my review of Into the Spider-Verse. My opinions on this film are definitely in the minority. I believe that audiences and critics were so taken in by this film's incredible animation that they failed to notice that this film is 
very similar to another animated superhero film, Big Hero 6. I realize that Big Hero 6 isn't the most original film to begin with, but when you compare the two films' plots, especially the motivations of the protagonists and the villains, they are practically the same movie. Overall, I can't give this film higher than three stars. The animation is incredible, but Spider-Man deserves better. Bye. Wow. Yeah, that is a different opinion for sure, but we all are entitled to our own opinions. So it's interesting to see one of the dissenters. I mean, I can kind of see how he would compare this with Big Hero 6. But at the same time, you look at it's it is kind of the classic superhero origin story. Yeah. And they yeah. both follow those things. And it, so it's like, yes, the, the, the protagonists and the antagonists do have same motivations. Um, well, I don't know about the protagonist, but I know. Yeah, I can see how, you know, the the antagonist definitely, you know, you, the in Big Hero 6, he's looking, he's wanting to get his daughter out of space and would like come, yeah. you know, so it's like you have a lot of those similar feel, those similar um, scenes, I think, but I feel like it was done. Yeah, the way the puzzles are put together are completely different, you know, as, mm-hmm. as far as the setting and all that. I could sort of agree with him on the, the, the formulaic aspects of the movie, maybe, Sounded like that's what you were saying because it was too similar to a previous film. But like, uh, but the, for me, the, that didn't hinder the experience for me because the characters and the comedy sort of elevated it to like, and, and, and not to mention the art style, elevated it to like the stratosphere for me. Yeah. All right. Our next one is from Jonathan North. Hey, Rotoscopers, Jonathan North here. So glad to have the show back, and I'm so glad you're covering some of the movies you missed while it was gone, especially Into the Spider-Verse. I feel like this is one of the biggest films you missed out on covering during the hiatus, and since, at least to me, it was one of the best animated films in recent years, I wished the podcast was around to cover it. Anyway, I'm sure my thoughts on the film are similar to most people's in that I loved the stylized animation, the soundtrack, and the incredibly creative, well-written story. I love that this is a Spider-Man who most of us aren't as familiar with, so even though I love Peter Parker, everything here with Miles just feels so much more fresh and exciting. Miles is a great character, and he's surrounded by other well-rounded, realistic characters, especially his family. And even though this is his story, I think it works so well to bring on old fans by introducing him through Peter, but not in a way that feels forced. It's just perfect. Everything in the movie, from the experimental animation to the incredible story, just works so well together. And to me, Into the Spider-Verse is everything a practically perfect animated film should be. Anyway, thanks for coming back, and I can't wait to hear you guys' thoughts. Jonathan is one of our Roto writers. I love Jonathan. Yes, I love him, too, because I have podcasted with Jonathan North previously, and so, he, so I know him, and he's a great guy. He really is awesome. What up, Thanks, John. John. 
Thank you to both Alex and John for your your comments. We love hearing all sides of the conversation, so thank you. If you would like to send us a voicemail, make sure to go to rotoscopers.com slash voicemails, or you can dial 406-646-6575 to leave us a message. Guys, we've we've made it to the end of this episode. How do we feel? We did it. I am first off just so excited that we were able to have Eli on this episode. I know that you've been on a lot of other podcasts like our friend Rachel and you said John. And so, you know, it's finally our turn to have you on. We and finally it was, get our turn, Eli. <laughs> we've been waiting. <laughs> no, it was just, it was a perfect movie, I think, for us to all sit and discuss. And you're such a big fan. And yeah, yeah so yeah. do you want, have anything you want to plug? Uh, uh, you know what? Uh, I am not a huge plugger, but if you, but I, I am a big suggester. And if you, and I suggest that if you want to hear more of my opinions, you can go to my Twitter, which is the place where I'm most active. And my Twitter is called at eDunky24C. And from there, I'll send you the link to my blog, which is where I also uh, give a lot of opinions, eDunkyBlog.com. Um, and, uh, but, but Twitter is my main hangout. So find me there. Cool. We'll be sure to include those links in our show notes at well, as well at rotoscopers.com slash one eight two. Also, when you are tweeting about this episode or sharing it on social media, we appreciate it. Be sure to tag us at rotoscopers and use the hashtag animation addicts. Now to support the show, of course, you can always start your shopping using our Amazon affiliate link rotoscopers.com slash Amazon. But I wanted to plug another one. I think I mentioned this before, but I have been trying to get a part of the Disney, the shop Disney affiliate program for years and we kept getting denied and I never could understand why but I decided to apply again and they finally accepted us so if you are a big shop Disney fan or you're going to be purchasing anything there be sure to start your shopping using our link go to rotoscopers.com slash shop Disney and we finally got off their blacklist yay (laughs) (laughs) there's been a few mentions of this like blacklisting multiple times it makes it seem like we're just like blacklisted that is not that is not the case everybody we're not blacklisted it was one time people it was one time (laughs) but that wasn't shop disney that was a different part of the giant conglomeration (laughs) that is disney which whatever we're not talking about that anymore so (laughs) we love you disney (laughs) i don't want to give i want to be blacklisted again And to support the show and to get even more extra content of the Animation Addicts podcast, you can go to rotoscopers.com slash patron or slash Patreon, whatever you choose. It's also in the show notes. And that is where you can get bonus episodes. Every episode, we also include anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes of extra content, discussions that didn't make the final cut of the episode, us shooting the breeze and, and chatting and having even more nerdy couch discussions off air. That is all good stuff that you can get. You get the episodes ad free you get them a day early i can go on and on and on and we are so happy for all the patrons that are supporting the show and we appreciate it so thank you patrons 
Make sure to join us next time because we are going to be going back into the vault. Not really. It's a no, it's not really a vault anymore. Dreamworks has but, a vault. <laughs> no, Dreamworks doesn't have a vault. They're cool like that. They don't vault us out. <laughs> um, we're going to be talking about Shrek Two. We haven't ever gone through all of the Shreks. Uh, mm-hmm. We've done the first one, but we've never done any other. So we are going to be doing the second now. And we hope to have you send your voicemails, send your quotes, comments, concerns, whatever. Uh, make sure to get a, be a part of that because we're excited too. Woo-hoo. All right, guys. Until next time. We, we are, are the Rotoscopers. Go ahead. Yeah, this is audio only. Go ahead. Um, I think once we get started, you can just turn. I didn't even turn my mic on. I look like the living death today. So I'm like, <laughs> I can't. Not even Chelsea can see my face. Wow. <laughs> we, so- we have gone that deep into quarantine life. So right now we have three different tiers. We have gold. Sorry, I was going to say gold, medium, large. I'm like, nope, that's not <laughs> Just a bad, 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 bad Grammy. No, (laughs) maybe not. (laughs) Cut it. (laughs) Um, So what was, what was something we could call this episode? Oh, um, yeah. What we could call it, man. We didn't, we didn't even say into the rotaverse that that's something we could have had a nerdy discussion about is like, what is the alter versions of the rotoscopers? (laughs) What is the alternate versions of the rotoscopers? I don't even know. The world would oh, know. Oh, remember um, that one time? Okay, so Eli, you may not. I don't know if we ever said this at the time, but we we had like there there in the very beginnings. We were trying to decide on what name that we wanted to go with, and so we had a couple different names saved. And so at, there was one point where I was like, "Oh, we should just start a fake podcast <laughs> and have them be our nemesis." And <laughs> But then we're like, no, this would take way too much effort, and we barely have enough time to do the one podcast. <laughs> but this was in the, in my mind like a great idea, a great idea. Yeah, the things that you <laughs> look back and you're like, what? 2011, 2012. No, it was yeah, 2012. I was like, yes, this is going to be the best idea ever, and no one will ever know that it's really us. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh my gosh! And you said this was back in 2011. 2012 is when we started the podcast. Yeah. Okay. 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 So those could have been the rotoverse, the alternate dimension of nice, nice. (laughs) Okay. Uh, There are so many episodes. so many episodes of the regular podcast for me to get through. I like. I don't need. It. Yeah, we don't need. We don't need another one that we can't even handle. Yeah, with it's fine. Our nemesis. Yeah, no, we're cool. <laughs> You've been listening to the Animation Addicts podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe and be sure to leave us a five star review. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you want to help spread the word, be sure to share the podcast with your friends on social media. Just don't forget to tag us at Rotoscopers on Instagram and use the hashtag Animation Addicts. For all the links and full show notes for this episode, go to rotoscopers.com slash podcast. Now, if you still can't get enough for your animation fix, be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and visit rotoscopers.com for more animation news, reviews, and interviews. Thanks for listening.